appreciate that. <laughs> Church, I have a confession to make. I'm not a plumber. And neither is my husband. Some of you may remember a story that I shared a while ago of how I fixed the smoke detector using a hammer. So I guess I'm not an electrician either. In fact, no one who knows us would ever describe us as fixer-upper type folks. So it won't be a surprise when I tell you that we had a problem with our shower for over a year, maybe even over two years. I really don't know actually how long it was. The problem was we were losing water pressure power. And the reason why I don't know when it happened or when it started is because it was very subtle at first, developing very slowly over time. We didn't notice there was a problem because we had grown accustomed to a shower with decreasing power. We thought this was normal. In fact, it wasn't until we started to lose cold water that we even looked up and noticed that water was not coming out of every hole in the shower head. But it was only at the point when we lost all cold water and we were burning in the shower that we admitted we had a problem with the shower. And so we did what every homeowner endeavors to do when they're facing this kind of a situation. We set about trying to fix it ourselves because who would pay a professional to come and fix the problem, right? When you fix it yourself, you save money, right? So my husband set about opening up the taps and the shower head and discovering that it was full of dirt and debris and this tiny little curious piece of plastic. It's so cute. So little, isn't it? Looks so harmless, right? Almost looks like a piece of a child's toy, you know? But this little piece has a name. It's called a flow restrictor. Say it with me now. Flow restrictor. Yep, that's right. And it is appropriately named because that is exactly what it does in your shower. It restricts the flow of water from coming out. I personally believe this thing was manufactured in a place called misery. <laughs> because that's the kind of shower we got. A miserable shower. But when we put the shower back together, finally, I won't tell you how long that took, but when we finally put it back together, minus all of the dirt, all of the debris, all of the restrictor, and we turned the shower on, our once weak sauce shower had now become a power washer shower. <laughs> and let me tell you, the full flow of water was released, and it was life-changing. 
life-changing shower. And now that I've experienced that kind of power, I never want to go back to the way it used to be. Never. I don't care how much money it saves us. We're never going back to that piece. The transformation was so amazing. I even said to my husband, honey, why don't you go ahead and fix the second shower in our house? Because others need to feel this kind of power in their shower as well. But as I pondered this amazing transformation of my shower, I couldn't help but see how much this story parallels our spiritual lives. How often do we go through the days of our lives, traveling down the road of life, completely unaware of the slow decline or the lack of power of God in our lives? Oh, we've experienced moments and bursts of God's power here and there, but daily power, even on Mondays? Have we gotten so comfortable just living our normal Christian routines that we have grown accustomed to living without it? Paul warns Timothy, about this very thing in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. And it says this, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred, not even marriage or the gift of life. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Now, it's easy to read this passage and think, well, (laughs) clearly, (laughs) Paul was talking about the non-Christians. He was referring to all those heathens, of course. But if you look back, Just to the previous chapter, in chapter 2 and verse 2, you will read that Paul is clearly instructing Timothy, his son in the faith, encouraging him to teach and instruct other faithful believers about these things. He was talking about faithful believers, not heathens. So it's possible that faithful believers can slip into a comfortable lifestyle of all the right religious actions, but lacking any of the power of God. If you want to have a fun conversation with yourself, ask yourself this. How many times have I been guilty of being proud, stubborn, disobedient, unthankful, 
unloving, unforgiving, boastful, money-loving, pleasure-loving, having a form of godliness where everything looks good on the outside in my life, but not having the power of God manifested in my life. I can assure you it's a painful conversation to have. Has this ever frustrated you? It's frustrated me. I've been really frustrated with this in my life. I feel as though I've been trying my best to live a good Christian life. I've got saved. I read my Bible. I pray. I go to church. I worship. I do all of these things. And yet, I do not live and move and experience the full release of God's power daily in my life. At some point in time, the frustration and the level of frustration has to reach a point where we begin to examine ourselves and we begin to ask some questions like, where is the power? And why am I not experiencing it? What's going on that I am not seeing evidence of it every day in my life? If God is omnipotent and all-powerful, because we know this to be true about him, he's omnipresent, he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, he's everywhere, and he's all-powerful, he's the source of power. And if I am his vessel, his chosen vessel, here on earth, then a lack of power in my life, it can't be due to a lack on God's part because he's the source of all power. He is all powerful. So the, the lack is not on God's part. It must be due to a restriction or a blockage on my part. If something is in the way, something is blocking the flow. We have to unblock the flow. Whatever is restricting the flow must go. I know I sound like Dr. Seuss, <laughs> but say it with me. Whatever is restricting the flow must go. If we want to experience the full power of God, then nothing can remain in us that blocks or limits or restricts God from moving in us. First John chapter 1 verses 5 through 10 says this. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful 
and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. These are tough words to read, but they're good for us to read because they bring us to the truth. And the truth is, is that we were never meant to live apart from the full power of God moving through us every day. We are his chosen vessels here on earth. And God wants to display his power through us, his church, to the rest of the world that we are living in. So the first step to experiencing God's power is opening up our hearts. We have to be willing. We have to be willing to be transparent before God. Sometimes we're so proud, right? We're so stubborn. We're so unwilling to admit that we could possibly have any sin in our lives, right? Oh, no, not me. I'm a Christian. There's nothing in my life. Mm-mm, I'm good. We're so proud and we're so unwilling to admit when we have sin. Why is that? What are we afraid of? Maybe we've lived so long with it and grown so accustomed to it, we fail to see that we have an issue. We've become nose blind to it. Remember those commercials? When people walk into a room and they can't tell that it smells because they've lived in it so long, they've become nose blind to the smell. It's only people who are visiting that walk in the room and go, whoa, what's going on here? (laughs) You cooking vitamins or something? It's so familiar to us that we don't notice it anymore. Or maybe the thought of admitting it is too overwhelming. Because by admitting it, then we would have to deal with it. That's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and we need that operating in our lives. So the second step is to invite the Holy Spirit to come and identify and reveal the blockage inside of us. Asking the Holy Spirit to come and to examine us and point it out. If we can't see it in our own lives, the Holy Spirit can reveal it to us. At times, my husband, he likes to remind me that I'm not the Holy Spirit, which is true. He's absolutely right. But I like to remind him that I can sound like the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit is speaking through me, right? Maybe... You are nose blind to your issues, but those closest to you are not. It's like having bad breath, you know? You're always the last one to find out that it's you. But everybody else around you knows it's you. It's just you can't tell it's you. So if you're having trouble hearing from God, 
then you can ask other godly people in your life to pray with you, to commit to praying with you and to speak into your life and help you see where the blockage is. Sometimes we need that. We need godly people around us. They can say, hey, I love you, but you know what? There is this thing I noticed. I was praying about it and God showed me this. And I bring this to your attention, not to condemn you or judge you or make you feel bad or rub your nose in it, but to help you. I'm here to help you because I love you and I want to see you set free. And we can do that for each other. But the third step, this is the most critical step. And that is surrender. We have to surrender it to God. James chapter 2, verse 26 says this. It says that faith without good works is dead. You see, we can believe that God is capable of doing all things. He's capable of removing the blockage. He's capable of, of, of taking care of any issue. He's capable of, he took it to the cross absolutely 100%. He took it to the cross and paid the ultimate price for it. But that's only half the equation. That's only half the verse. It says without faith, without action, it's dead. Faith without good works is dead. We must pair with faith action. We must actively surrender the issue to him. We have to actively surrender it. We have to release it. We have to give it to him. Whatever it is, it could be anything. It could be compromising choices. It could be comparison. Maybe we compare ourselves to other people and we're constantly complaining because we don't, we don't look like that person or we don't have what that person has. Maybe it's disbelief. Maybe it's negative thinking. Maybe we just live in a, in a storm of negativity in our minds. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's unforgiveness, bitterness, or resentment. Maybe it's wrath. Maybe it's substance abuse. Whatever it is, the list is long, I'm sure. What is it? What is the flow restrictor in my life? What is that one thing? Whatever it is, I confess it. I give it to you, God. I don't want it anymore. I can't have it in my life anymore. And I'm lying if I say that everything is all good. I recognize this issue is hurting me. It's hurting my life. It's hurting my spiritual walk. It's getting in the way of God moving in his power through my life. And I want to tell you, the act of surrender, it's not a once-in-a-lifetime kind of moment that you're going to have with God. It's not a one-and-done. It's not a, oh, Pastor Jan, <laughs> I did that already the day I got saved in 1913, you know? I surrendered it all to the Lord, and it's all good. I'm covered by the blood. Can I be honest with you? 
in your Christian walk, you will regularly need to have the Holy Spirit check the pipes. You will regularly, some seasons, it's a daily thing. Sometimes when you're going through the muck and the dirt and the filth, it's a daily thing you're going to need the Holy Spirit to come and clean out those pipes. And you know what? You're not a failure as a Christian for needing the Holy Spirit to do a checkup on you. You're not a failure for needing to surrender some things to the Lord. You're not letting God down because you have issues as though we're somehow fooling God or surprising him like, oh, he's so shocked. He never knew his church could have issues. His Christian people could have issues. What was he thinking? No, we're not fooling God. And he's not disappointed in you. Because you have issues. You're being honest with God. You're being honest with the Holy Spirit. You're being honest with the Spirit of truth. And you're positioning yourself for the outpouring of His power. It's called dealing with the blockage so that nothing is standing in the way of God moving. Now there's no restrictions. Now there's no limitations, you see? And when he turns on the tap, his power can flow full strength. Not because the issue was on his part, because the blockage on our part has been removed. It's been dealt with. This is our part. This is what we can choose to do to position ourselves under the power of God. Last month, within the span of 15 days, three people in my life died suddenly, completely without any warning, very unexpectedly. And I was reminded again that life is short And none of us is guaranteed another day here on the earth. And I don't know if you sense this in your spirit, but my spirit has been sensing a kingdom urgency. I have been stirred up at night. In fact, most nights I barely can sleep because my spirit is being stirred and I am a bit agitated in the spirit realm and I can't sleep. So what do I do? I pray because that is my solution when I can't sleep. And I believe that this is the time and this is the opportunity that God is speaking to us as his church, that it is time for us to arise. It is time for the church to arise. We can't afford to sit back and let things go on pretending like there's no problems or denying that there's anything going on or that there's an issue because it's just always been this way. It's okay. We're Christians. We're going to heaven. It's always been this way. What's the big deal? I don't think that pleases God. I think God is all about his kingdom being built. And I think that he's all about souls. 
And I think he's tired of seeing his church snoozing. I think God is in the business of building his kingdom. And we are living stones that he uses to build it. And I've decided that I don't want to live my life as a living stone with only a sprinkle of God's power. I don't want a little splash in the face. Oh no, that doesn't cut it anymore. I want a tsunami wave of power. Come on. I want a tsunami wave of power. And I want it so badly that I've decided I'm not willing to spend another day having all the right form of being a Christian, but being empty of the power of God because of something that is inside of me that is blocking him because I refuse to let go of it. Come on, church. We don't have a lot of time. We don't have a lot of time. Can you hear it? Can you hear the Holy Spirit? He's calling you. He's serious because souls are on the line. People need to see and experience the power of God and he's gonna use us. That's his plan. There's no backup plan. He uses his church. That's why he's building it. He's using us to release his power. We're called to set the captives free. We're called to pray for the sick and watch them be healed. We're called to see people's lives transformed because we have positioned ourselves under the stream, the full stream of the power of God. And his power is moving through us in such a dynamic wave. We can hardly even stand because it's so strong. That's his plan. That's his desire. That's what he wants to do in us and through us. Now maybe up until this point, you've been living your Christian life without realizing that something has been missing from it. Maybe you've never experienced the power of God. You didn't even know you could experience it. Or maybe you have experienced God's power, but it was a long time ago and you haven't felt it for quite some time now. Life got busy. It got complicated. I don't know, things happen. We get distracted. There's a lot of things in our world that distract us. And maybe, we, maybe you forgot that you were always meant to have it. Some of you have unfulfilled prophetic promises over your lives. I know there are things that God has spoken to me and Pastor Todd about ourselves and about this church that we still have not seen come to pass. And I don't know, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little antsy because I know I'm getting older and time is not my friend anymore. And I'm tired of not seeing those promises come to pass. And so I am willing to do whatever it takes to position myself so that those promises come to pass, whatever it takes. I want to tell you, 
Some of you have felt like your time has passed. Some of you feel as though God has passed you by and that it's too late. And I wanna let you know that's not true. As long as you have breath in your lungs, there is still time for you to stand up and fulfill the call of God over your life and to do what he destined you to do. I hear the Holy Spirit saying to us as a church, it's not too late. It's not too late. If you will just come to me, humble yourself and surrender, I will rain down over your life in ways that you have never possibly thought could happen, never thought it was even possible to happen through you. But God said, I'm waiting to do it. Test me in this. Try me in this. Ask of me and I will do it for you. Today, God is stirring your heart just like he's stirring mine. And he's reminding you of your sonship and your daughtership in his family. You are his sons and daughters You are joint heirs with Jesus. And because of the cross, we have been granted all power and authority and dominion here on earth through the power of Jesus Christ. That's what we have as his family. And I sense that this is the moment. There is a spirit of sweet surrender that is here this morning. I feel like God is asking us to do something today. And I want to say to you, today you can position yourself. Today you can choose. You can make the choice to surrender. Nobody can force you to do it. You have to choose to do it. It has to be your will that lays it down. If this is you today, even if you're watching online, stand to your feet and lift your hands. We're going to pray together by faith because this is what happens when we gather as his church and when we walk together in unity and when we decide today we're going to acknowledge where we're at with God, God moves. So repeat after me, dear Jesus. I open my heart to you. I want to be right before you. Fully surrendered. Fully yielded to you. I ask you to release your spirit of truth in my life. I ask you to find the blockage. Give me eyes to see. Give me ears to hear. And give me a heart that understands what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. Reveal it to me so that I can surrender it. Take it from me right now. I give it to you. Cleanse me from it, I pray. Now position me to receive from you and turn on your full power in my life.
In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you not to let a day go by where you don't put yourself in a position to be under the full stream of God's power. It's okay if it's a daily thing. It's all right. You're not a failure. Just surrender it. Just surrender it. Nothing remaining in me that blocks you, God. Nothing remaining in me. I don't want to carry it anymore. That's the attitude we need to walk in. Amen.